2: This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Welcome in. It is indeed the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and V-SAN.com, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And we've got the next three hours here to break down the card. We've reached double digits, week 10. In the NFL is upon us, and on Thursday night, the trend continued. Trying to get my partner James Salinas in, by the way. Of course, he is an integral part of the program, week in and week out. He joins via Denver, Colorado, still trying to connect with James. We hope to have him here shortly, and we'll get his thoughts on each and every game on the card. Of course, the Thursday game has been played. We'll go through the whole Sunday slate. And then, of course, the Monday nighter, the Sunday night game, right here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, at Allegiant Stadium, Been a, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders—a good old-fashioned AFL rivalry. I think still today, one of the best rivalries in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders should be a good one there. The Chiefs, kind of interestingly, a small favorite in that game. I made that game a pick'em, but the Chiefs are currently a two and a half point favorite. But the trend continued, of course, in Week Nine. You had 12 games on Sunday, the Sunday portion of week nine in the NFL. You had 12 games. Seven of those were won outright by the underdogs. It was just an incredible week. Uh, and obviously, an incredible week for the sports books as well. It had been three weeks in a row where the sports books really got beaten up by the betting public. And now, the last two weeks in a row, they have pushed back in a big way and probably even bigger in week nine than in week eight. Week eight, of course, was highlighted by the Cincinnati Bengals being upset. By the New York Jets, that of course took a lot of people out of Circus Survivor. Also made the books a bunch of money there with the Jets winning that one outright. But I think week nine was even a bigger score for the sports books as you had so many underdogs winning outright. The Denver Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars, pull off the biggest upset of the year. They won nine to six. Over the Buffalo Bills as 16-point underdogs, and the list went on and on, all the way into Sunday Night Football, where the Tennessee Titans knocked off the Los Angeles Rams without Derrick Henry. That's another trend we've seen this year as well, when you lose a star player whether it's injury or COVID issues. Uh, we saw that with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. They go into San Francisco. They win that game. We've also seen coaches. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, not too long ago, was not on the sidelines for the Arizona Cardinals when they went to play the Cleveland Browns. And it seems like there's been a handful of times this year where we've seen a line move drastically in one direction because of, again, either an injury or a COVID issue to either a player or a coaching staff. And that line moving in one direction Has never worked out, it seems. I can remember one occasion where it did this year, and that was in week two when the New Orleans Saints had about eight coaches with COVID issues. They could not make practices that week. They weren't at the game that week. They were playing the Carolina Panthers. It was really a discombobulated week for the New Orleans Saints in week two. Coming off of that big win, over the Green Bay Packers as well in week one. And that line moved in favor of the Carolina Panthers. They're, again, going against uh, all the disconnect and all the problems that were going on in the Saints locker room and on the sidelines because of the COVID issues. And the Carolina Panthers ended up winning and covering that game. Other than that, all the line moves that have been in reaction to one of these issues, uh, injury, what have you, the other team that has been going against the move has won outright, and we saw that again in week nine. I mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray does not play. DeAndre Hopkins does not play. A.J. Green does not play. The San Francisco 49ers become a five- or a six-point favorite, whatever. They get absolutely manhandled by the Arizona Cardinals, and similar uh, is what the Tennessee Titans did to the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night football. No Derrick Henry, no big deal. We saw that line move to seven-and-a-half or so. I think the Rams opened up as about – Six-point favorites in that game. Didn't move a ton because of Derrick Henry. Maybe a point or a point and a half uh, consensus-wise, but uh, Tennessee goes in there. Tennessee, by the way, has been the beneficiary of two straight weeks where they have gotten a pick six. They were actually outgained by the Los Angeles Rams in that Sunday night game by over 150 yards. So maybe not quite as bad as it looked for the Los Angeles Rams in that loss to the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, by the way, have won four straight games as underdogs, and now this week they are in the role of the favorite, laying three points to the New Orleans Saints. I like the Saints this week coming off of that loss. uh, They, of course, another underdog that that upset the uh, New Orleans Saints outright last week was the Atlanta Falcons. They were catching six points in that game. Unfortunately, that undid my man James Salinas in Circa Survivor, undid myself for a teaser play as well. So the Atlanta Falcons... We're not kind to James and I last week in taking down the Saints, but I think the Saints should find a way to rebound on the road this week, and it's going to be difficult. They're missing a couple of key offensive linemen. They're also going to be missing Alvin Kamara uh, at running back, so they're going to struggle, I think, to find some ways to play offensively in this game against Tennessee, and Tennessee's defense seems to be improving. I think they're getting more physical. James and I talked about that. Last week on the Pro Football Blitz, why is this team improving defensively? And I think it is because they are getting more physical, the Tennessee Titans. So what we had on Thursday was uh, the trend continuing of underdogs winning outright, and that was the uh, Baltimore Ravens going into South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins, laying uh, 7.5 points for the most part all week, and then right before uh, kickoff, they move to eight and a half point favorites. They end up losing that game outright twenty-two to ten. And the Miami Dolphins have now won two in a row. They beat the Houston Texans, one and covered in that game in week nine. And of course they pull off the outright upset as home underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens now move to six and three in the AFC North and that becomes very interesting, even more interesting in that division. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now in second place at 5 and 3, a half a game ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns who are both at 5 and 4, and the Miami Dolphins. Miami has now won 2 in a row and Baltimore has now lost 2 out of 3. So, a uh, uh, quite a shakeup in week 9 uh, on many different levels and uh, really amazing to see all those underdogs Win outright. We, of course, will talk about that throughout the show here as we cover week 10. Certainly a theme going forward. We'll see if that continues and how betters are reacting to what happened in week nine. We do have my friend James Salinas now on board. My better half is a part of the pro football blitz. James, how you doing, my friend? Better half, Brady. I think I'll let's reverse that.
3: If you knew my background, you'd be thinking, okay, I, we sh, maybe we should have had a divorce and a settlement a long time ago. But that <laughs> that said, great to great to be back on with you, Brady, as always for our Pro Football Blitz. And now we're halfway we're into Week Ten. We talk about. I feel like we we talk about this every week. Every week we feel like wow, we just get started. We're so excited for the season to start. And now here we are. We're already past the midway point. Where's the season going for us, Brady? But we I hit think the double one good digits. Thing, we're we're now I, in double. I know, it's week 10. We hit double, and so thinking about 10 weeks, now we've got a full snapshot of every team, and we're starting to see each and every week more and more identities becoming clear for for teams in the National Football League. There's still a few that I, I still scratch my head. I just can't get a handle on a handful of teams, but then also I think we're seeing, and you were just talking about the Thursday night football game between the Ravens and the Dolphins, and I think that game, again, speaks to the fact that Thursday night games can be kind of squirrely, especially for that team that's having to travel And you think about what Baltimore's been through so far this season through nine weeks and the game they just came off of against Minnesota winning in overtime, very physical game, very grueling game and a short turnaround to have to go down, down to South Beach and have to play. I think, again, we just start to see more and more of these scheduling spots where you're just going to have these emotional flat spots from teams. I think that's exactly what we saw with the Ravens on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, and what I was kind of, uh, you know, rambling on there about is the trend of underdogs winning outright continuing. Of course, you and I were doing the Pro Football Blitz last weekend, and on Sunday, there were 12 games on the Sunday card, seven were won by underdogs outright. And then that trend continued uh, with the Miami Dolphins into week 10, kicking off week 10, knocking off the Baltimore Ravens. Let's talk about uh, the first game on the Nevada rotation for week 10. Of course, the uh, Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins played on Thursday. We now get into the Sunday slate and we have the Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are on extra rest because they played last Thursday. They took care of the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, another underdog that won outright in week 9. They come off of the biggest upset of the season. They beat the Buffalo Bills 9 to 6 as 16 point underdogs. James, I made the number in this one 10 and a half in favor of the Colts and that's really exactly where we've been. Just about the entire week, a couple of shops have dropped now to a flat 10, 47 and a half is your consensus total. The Colts have won three out of their last four and the Jacksonville Jaguars have won two out of their last three. What do you think happens here in this game? Does Jacksonville let down after that huge monumental victory over the mighty Buffalo Bills or do they keep it rolling here and put up a fight in Indianapolis?
3: I think from an, an emotional standpoint, I don't think there's a letdown. This is a bad football team each and every week. This is a bunch of they, these players out there want to prove that they belong in the National Football League and able to put forth the game that they did last week against the Bills. And really, again, another scheduling spot there with the Bills. No effort, no energy, no intensity uh, on the offensive side in particular, and really just a beatdown for Josh Allen at the quarterback position. He was just under duress the entire game. But so I don't know if it's really going to be a letdown spot for the Jaguars. Of but this is not a good football team. Now, how does that travel on the road? And now you're going to go play an Indianapolis Colts team. Brady, you mentioned that they're going to have the layoff from playing a a week ago Thursday. So a longer layoff here to be prepared and Indy trying to still stay within the playoff hunt, plenty of games to play. And I think what we've seen from Indy is getting that running game going. Jonathan Taylor has been pounding the football last four games, averaging 125 yards, six touchdowns in those four games, 7.4 yards per carry going up against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. They've been pretty good against the run susceptible to the pass. I was kind of thinking about where would I go with this game with Jacksonville, maybe play the team total under at 17 and a half. But I really didn't like what I saw out of that Colts defense against the Jets and a third string quarterback and Josh Johnson, who was able to go in there in the second half through for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, really in garbage time. I don't think I'm going to get involved with this game. Last piece here too. Tony Carrente is doing this game. I think what we saw with Monday Night with Tony Carrente (laughs) out there, his crew is out there for this Jacksonville and Indy game. Just complete pass. Ask for me I'm staying away because I don't know who's going to be who's going to say nice things and naughty things to Corrente
1: not a play for me absolutely that was wild The Monday nighter between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chicago Bears uh, Pittsburgh wins that one just by two points uh, we'll dive in deeper to into week 10 here when we come back in just a moment the pro football blitz just getting started on v
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening.
0: When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise.
2: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on v the sports betting network.
1: Shoot for victory, stream live TV, play for free this hoop season with the Hulu Plus Live TV Prediction Series. Join four free-to-play prediction pools for your shot at $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com Hulu now to get in on the action. This hoop season, it's time to have Hulu Plus Live TV. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas. James, you shoo- uh, showed up late for work today, so uh, we didn't get to uh, you know really tackle that Jaguars game and Indianapolis Colts game in full effect. I've got a few more notes here to run by you. Uh, you were talking about, uh, of course, the running game for the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor uh, certainly leading the charge there behind that great offensive line. Um, this is an interesting note here that kind of led me to looking towards the total in this game. Both teams, the Jaguars and the Colts, are in the top 10 in the league in yards allowed per rush on defense, but both teams are lousy in defending the pass. They both don't get after the quarterback too well on defense, but both teams are well above average in protecting their quarterback from getting sacked. So I think this could set up with both quarterbacks having time to throw and picking apart the opponent's defense through the air. Maybe over the total is in play here. Would you uh, Do you buy into that at all?
3: That would be the only way I would go if I get involved with this game. And We were talking about thinking about the Colts on that Thursday night against the Jets and ran all over the Jets, did whatever they wanted to do offensively, got a big lead, And they they were facing, Josh Johnson had to play as the third-string quarterback for the New York Jets. And like I said, threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Granted, most of that was in the second half. A lot of garbage time. We might see a lot of garbage time here, considering the Jaguars. Great performance last week, especially defensively against the Buffalo Bills. But I don't think that performance travels on the road to Indy it's still a young football team it's a bad football team are the Jacksonville Jaguars they're going to play hard but just don't really have the horses to try to keep up for, with, with that Colts. And especially you mentioned the offensive line for the Colts getting healthier this was the offensive line now that we expected to see in what happened in the offseason or in the really the preseason uh, with some of the injuries that took place some COVID issues too they're getting healthier and starting to have a little more cohesion up front and now Jonathan Taylor finding his way running the football so maybe in the second Second half. I think for me, it might be that might be something I look at in game, because if this game does start to get away from the Jack from the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, it's going to be a pass happy team that's going to have to try to match some scores if they fall behind. And if they're having to play catch up, that might be the opportunity to get involved with that total, I think, before the game kicks. Yeah, I like the over, but it's not something I'm probably going to bet before it kicks off.
1: Fairly high total currently at 47 and a half. Also, Indianapolis uh, head coach Frank Reich has not had great success against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 3-3 three and three straight up, but 1-4-1 and one against the spread versus Jacksonville. The Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots. Good-looking game here, James. This opened up at 3 in favor of the New England Patriots. It was quickly bet down to Patriots minus 1.5, and, a half and I don't know if this is related, but we did hear midweek that Nick Chubb would be out of this game with COVID issues. And then we saw that line tick back up to the Patriots minus two and a half. I made the game pick them, James, and that was before the Nick Chubb news. Uh, when I crunched the numbers, one of my sets of numbers comes out Patriots minus one and a half. My other sets of numbers comes to Patriots minus two and a half. So I can't really find an edge in this game from that standpoint. How about you?
3: Uh, I like the Patriots here in this spot, thinking about the Browns coming into this matchup. We know what they're, we talked about identity and figuring out what teams are. Well, we knew what the Browns were from last year and that fully carried over to this year, as far as running the football with power and being more physical for 60 minutes than their opponent, really wearing you down and, yeah, I think that's what we've seen out of the Browns, again, from last year to this year. That has definitely carried over. That is the culture and the the direction of that team offensively. But, yeah, you mentioned Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt as well. So down to Dearness Johnson. Now, we saw Dearness Johnson make his first start a few weeks back that Thursday night football game at home against the Denver Broncos But and it had a tremendous game, and they ran up and down the field with that zone-blocking scheme and the cutback and did a great job of being prepared uh, but I think the other side of that with the Denver Broncos is that team was not prepared number one they had seven linebackers that were out they were decimated at the linebacker position von Miller who was the only the lone starting linebacker on that team really more so we know von Miller's a pass rusher really never fit into Fangio's system uh, he got hurt in that first half so they had no they had no depth there at the linebacker position no time to prepare on the short week having to travel and really were undisciplined in their backside contain against that zone block scheme and were, was exploited. Well they're going to have the Patriots are with Bill Belichick a full week to prepare for dearnes Johnson, because there is no depth to that running game. And I think it squarely, all the pressure squarely falls on to Baker Baker Mayfield to have to make throws in this game, make good decisions, be accurate with the football. Now he was pretty accurate last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, but we know he's dealing with that torn labrum in that left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder, but he does have that big harness that I think really kind of limits some of the torque and some of the torque that he can throw with his, with, his torso being accurate with the football a lot of balls were high again Good game last week out of Baker Mayfield throwing the football against the Cincinnati Bengals. But this is a whole different animal having to go into New England facing a Bill Belichick team defensively that we know the identity of that team. It starts on the defensive side, and that's what's carrying this football team so far offensively. Mac Jones being efficient with the football, making smart decisions with, with it. And, and really, I think that's the thing with the Patriots. They're going to play to your weaknesses. This isn't, you, th- you think about identity, and I think the Patriots, their identity can tra- really transform from week to week just based on their opponent they take away your strengths and play to your weaknesses and exploit that and i think that's exactly what we're going to see here from the patriots this is one of the teams uh, as far as their their coverage goes 50 center I think 57% of the time they've been playing man coverage. So they play a lot of man coverage and it's really one of the higher teams in the league. They've they've got nine interceptions out of their opponents quarterbacks when they've been in man coverage and their opposing QBR Brady has been at 43. Now think about Mayfield when he's faced man coverage this season, his QBR is 29. There's only one quarterback that's below him when it comes to man coverage, and that would be Jets rookie uh, Zach Wilson. So I think that's what we're going to see, a lot of man coverage here. They're going to make Baker Bayfield have to be accurate. We know he's banged up, and he's going to have to make good decisions. You know Belichick's great at disguising coverages. We've seen him do it all season long. He just did it a couple weeks back against Justin Herbert on the road in Los Angeles. That's where I like here. It's under a field goal. I I know the Patriots are banged up at the running game, but I don't think they were going to run the ball very well against the Browns. That's the strength that team is up front being able to stop the run and rush the passer I think we'll see an efficient game offensively out of the Patriots and I think we'll see Baker Mayfield make some mistakes so give me the Patriots here minus two
1: yeah you talk about the run game both of these teams rank inside the top 10 in the league for yards allowed per rush on defense but the Browns are the top rushing attack on offense in the league while the Patriots rank 24th It'll be interesting to see if Cleveland can put pressure on quarterback Mac Jones. The Browns are third in the league, registering three sacks per game. But the Patriots are 11th in the league, allowing less than two sacks on their quarterback per game. New England's pass defense is very good. Second in the league in defensive passer rating. Cleveland is pretty average in pass defense. The Browns have won two uh, two of their last three games. The Patriots have won three in a row, Straight up and against the spread, but only one and four at home this season. I did play Cleveland on a teaser, James. I teased them up to plus seven and a half. I did not go back to the well and get eight and a half when that line did move to two and a half in favor of New England. I'm hoping plus seven and a half will hold up. And I tell you, of all the games that I look at this week and you look at like the Visa newsletter, you hear people around town on the radio, whatever it is. Um, this game for me, from what I've seen, is absolutely split with sharp opinions on both sides. I've seen people liking Cleveland taking the two and a half, and yourself and other people, I respect their opinion quite a bit. Have I seen the Patriots uh, lay in the two and a half or the one and a half, whatever it is. I stayed away from this game, did get involved with the teaser, Browns up to seven and a half, but uh, I've seen this one split down the middle between a lot of sharp people. And the Browns, you think about their
3: last couple games, big division games, two weeks ago at home, lose to Pittsburgh, only put up 10 points against the Steelers, and then go out and really that flip the field and score that 99-yard touchdown, uh, pick six, and it really flipped that game upside down for the Cincinnati, young Cincinnati Bengals team, now thinking about those two division games back to back very physical games for the Cleveland Browns. Browns have not had a bye yet. I think this is just going to be a tough scheduling spot to have to go on the road here against the Patriots and Baker Mayfield, all the distraction. I think it's a good thing that that for, for that team offensively Odell Beckham Jr. gone. He's now in Los Angeles as a Ram. That distraction's gone, but I think Baker Mayfield wants to prove that, hey, I can make good decisions. I can make good throws. This passing game will still be effective without OBJ because he really hasn't been doing much considering He was hurt last year and still coming back from offseason surgery. This year is coming off slowly, but sometimes a young quarterback with Baker Mayfield, we've seen him, gets a little up, gets pretty amped, gets pretty hyped up, and I think that falls right into the hands of Bill Belichick to take advantage of some of those tendencies to overthrow and try to force things to be the hero and make the big plays, especially because the running game is not going to be there with the depth of the running backs that are out for the Cleveland Browns. That's why I really like Bill Belichick in this spot at home less than a field goal.
1: James, obviously you've handicapped this game and you like the Patriots laying the two points. Do you think I'm safe catching seven and a half? You wouldn't want to lay seven and a half, would you? (laughs) No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game. uh, Less than...
3: we call it a field goal game. In my case, I, w- I don't want to be quite that close, but let's call it a one-score game, a touchdown game. In that case, you got the hook. You're you're in business there with the Browns over the seven and a half.
1: Now, obviously, I'd like to have eight and a half, but I think I'm okay with seven and a half. I agree with you. I- I'm looking forward to this contest. Ought to be a good one. We'll be right back with consider it, book it, or drop it right here on V Sin.
2: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, and it is time to play America's favorite game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it. <laughs> All right, James, 10 weeks into the NFL campaign, and I know you have a good feel for this game. I think you nailed the board last week where you guessed every single guy. Uh, Of course, I will read a stat sheet here. James will try and guess who the mystery player is, and then I will reveal the mystery player, and then we will discuss the odds, whether we want to consider making a bet, booking a bet, or completely dropping a bet On this particular player or coach for a postseason award and this week we are talking about coach of the year NFL coach of the year James I'll start with the first coach he's led his team to a seven and two start they sit at second place in their division his team ranks fifth in offense with 29 points per game they also rank in the top 10 on defense allowing just over 21 points per game Aerial attack is deadly. They rank third, just under 300 yards per game throwing, and they just added a high-profile wide receiver, and the timing is perfect because they just lost a high-profile wide receiver with an ACL tear. On October 12th, this coach's odds to win Coach of the Year were 10-1. to It remains unchanged. He is also at 10-1 to as we speak. Who is this mystery coach? That would be the psychologist of
3: the year if he's able to do this. Sean McVay with the Rams is getting OBJ there to Los Angeles, Brady.
1: <laughs> Sean McVay, indeed. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about, you know, why why do you add OBJ? You've got a great receiving core there. And, of course, Robert Woods now out of that lineup with an injury ACL tear in practice on Friday. So maybe the timing actually worked out pretty well. You hate to see, obviously, anybody go down to injury. But Odell Beckham Jr. probably going to get more action than was initially expected. After that uh, signing, free agent signing earlier in the week, ten to one on Sean McVay. Um, I, I tell you what, James, it's a nice number. I would consider it. I, I'm gonna. Well, so let's just.
3: I'm gonna. I'll be. We'll, we'll be totally transparent. I have a 20-to-1 ticket on Bill Belichick to win Coach of the Ooh, Year, so okay. I, it's hard for me to say I want to book any of these when I'm already on Bill Belichick. I bought that a couple weeks ago. And uh, But that aside, thinking about McVay, um, the, the, the expectation is you're supposed to win the Super Bowl. We just keep throwing more and more talent. This feels like the the New York Yankees uh, in Major League Baseball or one of those, whether it's the Dodgers or the Yankees, we know in, in baseball it's the haves and the have-nots when it comes to payroll. And the, In this case here, the the Rams just keep throwing more and more talent onto this team expecting that just talent goes out and plays out and wins but you've still got a scheme you've still got a coach you've still got to have guys get not that guys got to get along in the locker room we know a lot of times the offense and the defensive units don't usually hang out after games here but I think it's just a lot of personalities to have to manage within that locker room so I think if McVay is able to do that inside the locker room that'll translate to the field as far as being able to to incorporate especially OBJ into this offense now you mentioned Robert Woods going down with the ACL injury on Friday in practice but wasn't it just a few weeks ago he was complaining about not getting enough touches and they found ways to feed him the ball i think it was the Seattle game where he got a lot of a lot of touches but then we didn't hear from him again what happens when it's it's all good when you're winning but that didn't happen last week for the Rams just complete complete upfront Just got dominated by the Tennessee Titans up front on that offensive line for the Rams. I don't know. This is just really a finesse football team that I think, yes, the rules favor offenses to throw the football in this day and age. But you still got to have some kind of physicality to you on the offensive side, pounding the football. At least let those guys up front not always have to be on their heels and go drive somebody into the turf. But I don't know if that's just that's the identity of this team. Uh, I guess you could consider it, but I think it's boomer, or it's Super Bowl or bust for these guys and anything less than getting to the Super Bowl, though, it's a regular season award, uh, it's going to be a failure for this Rams team. And I think they're going to come up short. So
1: I would say I- I'm going to pass. I say I, I won't even consider. It. I'll drop it. It's an interesting topic you bring up there about the Super Bowl. And I agree with you. I think it's boomer bust for the Rams. You know, what are their odds to win the Super Bowl right now? Are they in the neighborhood of maybe eight to one or so? I I, I don't have those odds in front of me, but maybe you could choose either or here. Because, you know, if the Rams do get to the Super Bowl, McVay, I think, has a real shot to win this award.
3: Yeah, so it was eight to one. Now I'm looking at it seven uh, plus seven fifty at one of the books. Basically, consensus plus seven fifty plus eight hundred for the Rams. It's actually funny you mentioned that Brady Uh, when the news came out of OBJ was going to go to the Rams. I booked myself a a, a three-unit play on the Buccaneers plus six to one to win the Super Bowl because I just think the Rams. It's too much to have to manage. Too many personalities within that locker room. Plenty of talent, but talent doesn't doesn't always win out, and you can't buy chemistry. And I think that's what the Rams are trying to get done. It all falls on McVay's shoulders to have to create chemistry in a short amount of time with just half of the season to go. So that's where I'm at with here. But the Rams did tick down slightly, but not much movement with OBJ going to that team.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. When, when I heard the news that OBJ was going to the Rams, I, I said, oh, th- that's it. They're not going to make it. You know, I I felt that that was more of a deterrent for me uh, rather than something to bet on. All right, coach number two here. This coach has also led his team to a 7-2 and two start. They are in first place in their division. His team ranked six in scoring offense at just over 28 points per game. Their rushing attack ranks fourth in the NFL as they accumulate almost 140 yards per game on the ground. Just two wins away from pushing their season win total, which was set at nine Overbetters feeling quite good right now. Pretty easy remaining schedule. They play in a relatively easy division on October 12th. This coach's odds to win the award were 40 to one. He has now been bet down to plus 750. Who's this coach? got to be, are we talking about, it's got to be
3: Vrabel, nine yes, wins, indeed. it's got to be Tennessee, the weakest division in all of football. You're talking about the AFC South and the Tennessee Titans, and- great performance last week going on the road to Los Angeles and really dominating that game in the trenches up front. I think it was Vrabel and we know Vrabel's a old school defensive guy linebacker back with Bill Belichick and the Patriots in the early days of winning Super Bowls and he play, he brings that attitude and really sometimes teams, sometimes teams do or don't take on the persona of their coach and I think you've, you've seen that so far out of the Tennessee and really it was a creative defensive front that we saw a lot of stunts being able to get after the Los Angeles Rams but long term and I know Know it's a pretty soft schedule because of the defense, but long term for the Titans here without Derrick Henry, I think it's a big test. We're coming up on Sunday playing the New Orleans Saints, who were stung from that loss, late loss to Atlanta last week. This is going to be one of the better defenses that they face, and you're not going to have Derrick Henry back there to help out Tannehill. I think that's going to be, if you're going to win coach of the year, and I know there's a lot of issues going on with the Saints right now, I want to see this Titans team how they perform against this Saints defense on Sunday. Yeah, so far so good. They beat some good teams. Big win on the road last week. They did beat the Chiefs pretty handily a couple weeks back, and they're gonna win this division. They've got the tiebreaker on the Colts here, so I think they'll win the division. But is that a big is that a big feat to have to win the AFC South? I mean, you can go five hundred pretty much win the AFC
1: South at this point. So yeah, I'd consider it, but I'm not gonna book it right now with Vrabel. I would not take it. I, I just don't think this team, I think uh, somehow they're going to find a way not to get all the way, and uh, I think they probably have to do something spectacular for Vrabel to win this award. Now, give him credit. He's done a fantastic job so far. I just don't know if it'll hold up for this team, the Tennessee Titans. All right, coach number three here. Uh, this coach has led his team to a 5-3 and three start. They rank 10th in total yards per game with just under 385 yards per game. They're also 5th in passing yards per game with 282.5. In a division with still a lot of questions, this team is the betting favorite to win the AFC West at plus 130. On October 12th, his odds to win coach of the year were really low at plus 450. He has now been juiced up to plus 750. Our agate clerk, that would be Brandon
3: Staley for this. Yes, indeed. Los Angeles Chargers, Uh, you know, uh, this is young coach, young team, young quarterback, and we see that. We've seen some ups and downs with this team when they've faced off, when he's had to face off with some of the higher caliber coaches in the league, thinking about Harbaugh in Baltimore, as well as Belichick a couple weeks ago in new England, they've been skunked. And I think maybe that's the, I I think it's going to be an up and down season for this team. And we now they're trending in the other way, being able to go on the road and win at Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Do I consider it? No, I don't think I, I, I think I drop it here. I think for this team, I think when you match them up against better coaches, I think that's where the the difference in experience has played out for Brandon Staley here. And I don't think I'd consider it. I think I'd drop it, even though it's
1: it's in that AFC West. At this point, I have no idea who's going to win that division, Brady. I tell you what, I, I don't love the number at plus 750. I think I would like this at 10 to one, something better, obviously, than plus 750. But I would consider a bet on Brandon Staley because if this team does turn it around, James, and let's say they make a run in the postseason, I think they are capable of doing that. And we've certainly seen a couple of flat spots for this team. You talk about losing to Harbaugh, losing to Belichick. But uh, if this team does turn it around, I think Brandon Staley is absolutely ripe for that award if the Chargers have a lot of success here in the second half of the season. We'll see if that plays out. Of course, they have a big test this week, and we will cover that game coming up. They are back in Los Angeles hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The VEASAN midseason football special is here. For only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis at VEASAN.com, and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. This is a great deal at only $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We'll be right back with more. Pro Football Blitz.
4: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The
0: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
2: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on vSAN, the sports betting network.
1: We have a new prop tracker now available at vSyn.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VEASAN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game right now at VEASAN.com slash NFL. This is a show about the NFL, the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. And time to dive back into the Week 10 card here, James. The Atlanta Falcons, you're and my favorite team. Of course, they knocked you out of Survivor last week. And uh, in the process, they also killed my six-point teaser on New Orleans. This week, they go into Dallas, and they are eight-point underdogs this week. They were six-point underdogs last week. 54-and-a-half is your consensus total. I made this line nine and a half, and that's pretty much where it's been all week. We did see some movement uh, just a couple days ago where it dropped. I saw as low as seven and a half. I think it was right here at Circa as low as as seven and a half. Looks like the market has kind of evened out now at about eight, the Dallas Cowboys favored over the Atlanta Falcons. You know, Matt Ryan has been playing much better, but I think if Dallas is able to rebound off of last week's domination by the Denver Broncos, I think they have a decent chance to win this one by double digits. Now, two impact players are out for the Dallas Cowboys, Randy Gregory on the defensive line, and then Tyron Smith along the offensive line. I know you are not one to typically lay a lot of points, James, but would you take it here with the Atlanta Falcons?
3: No, I'm not going to take it with the Falcons. I know what they did, divisional game last week, and big play from Matt Ryan to Patterson late in that fourth quarter after they had blown an 18-point lead. We've heard that before, right? 18 points, second <laughs> yeah. half, fourth quarter lead. That game's lead coming Lina up, Falcons. by the way. We're going to yeah. talk well, about yeah, and that one. And that's the defensive coordinator that they're going to be facing is Dan Quinn, who needed to get out of Atlanta ah, probably a couple you years go. too late. Go. He's going to be on the other side here as the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. and Obviously, he's going to know that personnel. He's going to know their strengths and weaknesses and and game plan accordingly. But I think at the Falcons, it's more so it's on the defensive side. Now, you mentioned the Cowboys, and they, uh, you know, they had a good time 2 weeks ago when they won in Minnesota on Sunday night football with the backup quarterback with Cooper Rush, you no know, Dak Prescott in that game and I'm sure they celebrated pretty heartily and definitely came that that hangover lasted a long time because it lasted into last Sunday against the Denver Broncos cuz complete no show from the Dallas Cowboys. It was basically it was 30 to nothing going into the 4th quarter in favor of the Denver Broncos and and Dak admitted it he said his he didn't feel comfortable with that calf injury. It was a a right calf strain that he had been dealing dealing with and that's why he set out that game against Minnesota and he said he never really felt comfortable didn't plant on his back leg his right leg where the the calf injury was and was more a lot was really tweaking his arm and throwing a lot of sidearm and a lot of different arm angles and that's just not who he is he's a big fellow uses his uses full body to throw the football with with velocity and accuracy so but now he says so he says that he's 100% healthy rolling into this game but if anything very salty not only for it from his standpoint but that entire Dallas Cowboys team of the complete no-show down in Big D against the Denver Broncos. So I think we'll see a completely different Cowboys team here, Nandy You mentioned the injuries there on the left tackle with Tyron Smith, so they had to move to- Terrence Steele, who's really a right tackle to the left, and he said it was like learning how to, how to write with your left hand if you're right-handed, So, but he's had a full week of preparation to be able to work on his footwork and his balance from the left side rather than the right side, so I think that will help some, but is Atlanta a team that's going to take advantage of that when you're thinking about the their defense? This is not a defense that, that, there's just, they're devoid of playmakers. There's no playmakers on that defense, especially their pass defense. You know, their pass defense, Brady, has given up opposing quarterbacks that have a 104 passer rating against them. They've recorded have the Atlanta Falcons defense just 11 sacks and three interceptions in eight games. No playmakers out there whatsoever. I think for Prescott here, if he says he's healthy, then – Whatever, we could take him for at their word, I suppose. But I think it's more so the mindset coming into this game for Prescott and that Dallas Cowboys and especially the offense here. I think Prescott, I'm not gonna lay a big number like that, but I think Prescott is gonna have a great game against this Falcons team, was digging around in some of the props. And now I, I start to get when we get to the halfway point, start to dig more into this in the prop market as we know certain teams and what their where their identity stands. We know with, with the Cowboys they have been running the ball very well this year, but I think Prescott wants to get after it and he's gonna be able to get after against this bad Atlanta Falcons pass defense was looking at instead of laying that number if he's able to get here with his passing touchdowns now it's two and a half so he's got to throw three of them it's plus money at a dollar 20 plus 120 if he hits that gets at least three now two there's been two games this year where he did not throw three touchdowns in a game but five of the other seven he has at thrown at least three touchdowns in those five games I think he's going to have every opportunity to do so in this game here against the Falcons no play on the side or the total for me here but if anything it's probably looking at that prop for Prescott to go over two and a half passing touchdowns plus a dollar 20.
1: I like the sound of that if I was going to play this game I did not play it either but if I was going to I, I would lean with laying the points here with the favorite uh, I am still not sold on the Atlanta Falcons interesting James we've noted on this show a number of times how poor the Washington football team when it is when they uh, do not have Brandon Sheriff along that offensive line Dak Prescott is four and five straight up and two and seven against the spread since 2017 without Tyron Smith in the lineup you mentioned Dan Quinn the revenge uh, the revenge tour here against the Atlanta Falcons of course it is a revenge game for Quinn who was fired mid-season by the Atlanta Falcons after having coached that team for over 5 years uh, i imagine he'll have something drummed up for this defense in this contest against Atlanta uh, also you talked about you know blowing an 18 point lead well that game comes up for Atlanta First of all, this is their third game in four that is going to be on the road, and they also have a Thursday night matchup on deck with the New England Patriots, a Super Bowl rematch that you referenced there coming up uh, next Thursday. And it's interesting to note here that the Falcons are currently on an 0-8 against the spread run the game before they play on Thursday night. So maybe everything lines up here for the Dallas Cowboys to get back in the win column. We will see. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, James, since their bye week, they have played the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and coming up, they have the New York Jets, and they are 1-1 one and one since the bye, and they've lost two out of their last three games. They come into Sunday, leading the New England Patriots by just a half a game in the AFC East. Now, the Jets come off of a loss on Thursday night, so they're on extra rest. I made this line in this game 11-1⁄2 in favor of Buffalo, and it opened up 13 Currently, we're at 12 and a half in favor of the Buffalo Bills. And now, as I look, a lot of shops have gone back up to 13, 47 and a half is your consensus total. James, I think this is interesting. No matter what the number is, I think people are going to have a tough time betting the Buffalo Bills, not only because they don't want to lay a big number, but because what we saw, uh, what we saw this team do last week, laying an absolute egg on the road at Jacksonville. What do you think?
3: well thinking about we were talking about coach of the year in the last segment and a lot of hype around Sean, uh, Sean McDermott and this Bills team coming into the season and performed very well up through their bye but you know that was the one I was counting not so much for Jacksonville to be able to beat them but how is this team going to respond with success now you are the one that everybody's coming after last year I think they ex- far exceeded expectations as how well they played in 2020 going all the way to the AFC title game now you you've got to handle success and you've got to handle being a favorite. Now, yeah, big favorite here going on the road to the Jets. I'm not laying it here with this Bills team, but think about where the Bills were the last couple weeks. We're hurting on the offensive line. Dawson Knox, uh, he, he's, he's had five touchdown receptions before he went out with a broken hand in that Tennessee game back on Monday night, October 18th. He's going to be coming back, right? Tackle Spencer Brown is going to be coming back and now you're going to play a, a Jets pass defense that over the last five games has given up more than three, basically basically about 300 yards per game in the air. This is a team that, uh, talk about devoid of playmakers, they don't have any either. May was their best playmaker in the secondary. He's on injured reserve. They've only got one interception to the New York Jets through the eight games. I think the Bills are going to be able to do what they need to do, put points on the board here for the Buffalo Bills offense, and then it's going to play catch-up time for the Jets, and Mike White will return, the Canton-bound Hall of Fame quarterback (laughs) that he is for the New York Jets. He's going to be back at, at, at the quarterback position for the Jets here. I think there's going to be garbage time to be had. Sitting here at 47, there's no wind. It's going to be a a, a really a nice day in New York in mid-November, kind of interesting enough. But the weather's not going to be an issue tomorrow. I like the over here at 47. The Bills are going to do their part to be able to put points on the board. I think Jets will be playing catch-up. And I think what we've seen out of Mike White, he looks pretty polished, looks pretty confident back there throwing the football. And keep in mind, too, Buffalo Bills, their leading tackler, their best linebacker, they're basically their fastest player, in a sense. Tremaine Edwards will not be on the field in this matchup. So one less defender out there. Big defender for the Buffalo Bills to be able to make plays. I like the total in this game sitting at 47. I'll bet the over.
1: We've mentioned this many times on the Pro Football Blitz, James, and that is Buffalo is a bully against bad teams over the last two seasons against teams with a record below five they They're 14-3 straight up, 10-6-1 against the spread, including 8-1 straight up and and 7-1-1 against the number on the road. So we'll see if they can keep that up. The big bad Buffalo Bills going into the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets. When we come back, we reveal the consensus plays, the Circa Contest, next with Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson.
0: work.